Hello and welcome to the Fat Loss Uncomplicated podcast. We are on episode 17 today and we are going to be discussing the secret to not giving up. Essentially, when it comes to coaching and losing body fat and getting in amazing shape, I genuinely think the most challenging part is staying consistent and just persevering with the process until you get the result that you want. And I think probably the main reason why people don't get the result they want is because they give up. And there's many different reasons why people give up and we're going to go into them today. And we're going to hopefully give you some different avenues that you can go down to make sure that you're not one of these people who give up and end up looking like a sack of spuds next year. So <laughs> we're here with the amazing Grace as always. How are you, Grace? I'm good and I'm not that sore. <laughs> but, spat but... my coffee out then. Why? What's wrong? Are you okay? Because I haven't really gone training in a couple of days. So you, nobody has to listen to me complain about how sore I am. But I've booked my next two competitions I think our views are going to go down if you're not complaining about how sore you are. People tune into that shit. I know. They actually, sure, they genuinely have said, Grace, I'm waiting to see how sore you are. But unfortunately, guys, yeah, it's like a two out of ten. Um, so I'm going to have to like get some extra training sessions in this week. But yeah, I've booked a competition for February and then another one, start of February, and then another one for end of March. So, I mean, there's nothing like a bit of pressure to kind of push you on. I've got five competitions booked in for the start of next year. Five? Yeah. You're so there's nothing like... It's pretty seriously, aren't you? Yeah, it's just to kind of give me something to really aim for, you know, So because I love training, but it's nice to have a bit, like, when I, it's nice to have a bit of competition. When I did that pairs competition with Mark, my brother, a couple of weeks ago, it was so much fun. I missed competing. So I think that's something that I definitely want to do a bit more of next year. Just to kind of see, where are you at, Grace? Where do you stand with the old dolls? Is there a lot of beginners that do it? Because it looks, it looks to me like people get into high rocks and they're already sort of deep down the fitness road. Like they've, they're fit, essentially. <laughs> or is there a lot of beginners there that are just completely new to it? Yeah, I think actually there's more beginners. I think you, with high rocks, yeah, I think you, you kind of see the ones that are really into, I suppose, at the top of the sport. But whenever me and Mark did the competition, I would say 70% of them were, were fairly new to training, like within about six months. Because Have all you the. Seen like just absolutely fail and like pass out because I can imagine like it's tough stuff that you're doing have you seen anyone pass out and just completely fuck themselves no to be fair no like yeah I, I think it's because like you get to set your pace I think if you know you're getting really fucked you just gotta back your pace off and just get finished mm -hmm. so I think I've yet to see anybody like die like I've seen people die like a death in a, in a cycling race but I haven't seen it so far, like with High Rocks. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll see how the next <laughs> the next few months training goes. I That'll promise you, score next week. <laughs> That'll be me, <laughs> potentially. I was going to ask as well on that subject. Obviously, you've been PT, and I've done a fair ten years of personal training in gyms. Yeah. Have you ever made a client pass out? Yes. <laughs> Uh, a couple of times. Um, How yeah. many do you reckon? I, I reckon four times over the years. Um, really? I, yeah. I reckon I'm about 
I reckon I'm probably about five or six, mate. Yeah, I think it's it happens, doesn't it? Like, and, and it's not necessarily the coach. I think sometimes it's the client that pushes because I'm not like a sergeant major type. So I think a lot of the time it's the client really pushing on 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 a workout or a training session. They they just like overexert. I've had many throw up. That's pretty standard. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I reckon I could go above ten with how many clients I've made for throw up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, it happens, doesn't it? Like, I've had a lot of clients cry. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully that's not to me. Yeah. yeah, I sound really bad, but I think it's because I, I, I do think high-intensity exercise and training sessions. In a PT, I feel like you're a priest or a minister, and I end up, like, with clients that kind of just, like, it all comes out, and it's nearly, like, quite a cathartic experience for them. Um, but I've never had anybody cry because I made them cry, thankfully. I'm not that bad. <laughs> yeah, that's a good sign. Yeah, I've had a I've had a few occasions where I've literally been like sweating, worried that this client is gonna fucking die on the gym floor. But, yeah, no deaths <laughs> yet. Has called out and everything to the gym that I was at. It was scary times. Mm. Ooh, that's scary. I had a client once break a finger because she fell. She fell over a dumbbell. Um, but that was the, 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 that's the only injury that I've really like properly, proper injury that I've seen. No, I don't think I've injured anyone as in like, actually in a session caused harm. <laughs> it's kind of not the idea, is it? No, no. I, but thinking back now, there's a lot of times where I, I, I look back at myself coaching people, what, five, 10 years ago. And I think. Yeah, you you went a little bit hard on some people, a little bit hard on some people, but yeah, all fun and games. <laughs> they're still alive. They're still walking around. It's all good. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> let's jump into it. Let's talk about the secret to not giving up. Where do you want to start with this one, Grace? I think for me, when it comes to not giving up, um, it's it's about before you even start or the very start of your journey. Think about realistic expectations. You know, when I was sitting looking at 160 pounds to lose, I wasn't going, right, Grace, you've got three months to lose this in. You know, like set re I'd have to like literally cut half my body off if that was the case. You know, set realistic expectations. If you have a lot of fat to lose, understand that it wasn't done. You didn't put that fat on overnight, you're not gonna get it off overnight. You know, if you weren't if you're looking to build a lot of muscle and really change your body composition, that's not gonna happen in a week or a month. So I think really set your expectations to be you know, grounded in reality. I think a lot of women especially start and they're like, I'm gonna hit the gym seven days a week, I'm gonna eat a thousand calories, I'm gonna make all this progress in a week or two. And then when they don't see the rate of progress that they think in their heads is gonna happen, they just go, oh fuck this, it's not gonna ever happen, I'm just stuck. You probably were losing some fat in that time, but because you set your expectations so stupidly high and unrealistic, you just gave up. So I think mm -hmm. that's the first place that I would start. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. It's one of mine I, I put down was a perceived lack of results. And the word perceived is really important there because it's how you perceive your, your results to be going. A lot of people don't actually have poor results but they perceive them to be poor results and that will lead to a lack of motivation and that leads to a lack of effort and then you end up giving up um so i think 
having a realistic expectation of weight loss is huge. And to be honest, I think this is the fine line that we run with progress pictures because I think obviously we use, well, I use progress pictures to showcase clients' results, show people what's possible. And obviously the the progress pictures are amazing. They, sh- they should be. But I think a lot of people automatically look at a progress picture and think that's exactly how my journey should be. And it's just not always the case. Your Your journey is very individual. Your starting position can be very different to someone else's. Even if physically you look the same as someone else, what's going on up top, your relationship with food, your relationship with exercise, how experienced you are with tracking food, how experienced you are in the gym, your willingness to push yourself in the gym, your knowledge surrounding nutrition. Like there's so many factors that can make someone, someone's progress go slightly slower than someone else's. And I think on that subject, I don't think my fitness pal helps this because my fitness pal, as soon as you log on to it, it's like, how many pounds do you want to lose a week? Half a pound, one pound, two pounds a week. And obviously every fucker's going to click, I want to lose two pounds a week. And straight away, they're wondering, why am I not losing two pounds a week? Yeah, It kind of sets people up for fucking being disappointed straight away, doesn't it? Yeah, and it, that that's a big thing with my fitness pal. It's a good point because it puts most people onto 1,200 calories because they obviously choose, like, I want to lose a shit ton of weight really quick. And then what do they realize really quickly? Oh, shit, I can't actually adhere to 1,200 calories because it's fuck all, you know, unless you're a hobbit. So, you know, like, you actually can't adhere to 1,200 calories for most people. And they go, I'll just give up. So it's it's understanding your nutritional needs as well. And there's where a coach comes in because we can calculate your exact calories and macros for you. You can then set my fitness pal up properly for your calories, your macros. And there's going to be a set, you know, a set of fat loss and maintenance calories that you can actually adhere to and that will help you make progress. You know, and I think that's a that's a big point about my fitness pal. I, let's just let's just explain to people how that works with my fitness pal. Essentially, when you when you jump into my fitness pal, it will ask you your height, your weight, this sort of stuff, your activity level, and essentially the app is trying to figure out how many calories you should be having. But the part where my fitness pal fucks up is it will ask you how quick you want to lose weight. And now, obviously, everyone clicks. I want to lose the most amount of weight, which is two pounds a week and essentially when you click two pounds a week my fitness pal then thinks if you want to lose weight fast i will put you in a bigger deficit so it gives you a ridiculously low amount of calories which is clearly unsustainable for most people and then it leads people to end up not tracking the friday saturday sunday properly missing certain things off and the amount of people that will be in that cycle of my fitness pal gave me X amount of calories. I hit X amount of calories once or twice a week when I'm being really good. And then the rest of the time, I don't really track properly. I don't track my alcohol. I don't track my oils. I don't track my sources. And I use my fitness pal really sporadically and I never really get anywhere. All because of this fucking two pounds a week that you wanted to lose. And then you set yourself an unreasonable target. So don't set your calories through my fitness pal kids don't do it all right you're setting yourself up for a fuck up (laughs) 
Another thing that I want to say on this topic is when it comes to a perceived lack of results, it's always helpful to set goals that are process related instead of results related goals. And I think that is absolutely key because if you set yourself a goal of, right, I want to lose 10 pounds, you are not directly in control of the scale. Every goal that you set yourself, you need to be directly in control of it. So this is why we talk about process related goals or results related goals. The process related goals are the amount of steps that you can get throughout a day, throughout a week, the amount of calories that you consume, the amount of protein that you consume, the amount of workouts you do, the habits that you do throughout the day. These are things that you are in control of that will lead to the result. But the more that you focus on the process, the more that you start to get that feeling of ticking boxes and I've, I've got wins, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. But if you just go into a process of I want to lose weight, my goal is to lose 10 pounds. It's, there's too many variables that you cannot control and you never actually get that feeling of I'm doing something right here. It always feels out of your control. So when it comes to setting goals, set things that you can control, behaviors, process related goals, things that you can manage yourself and don't just set a goal that is a result that you are not directly in control of. Um... Yeah. I think, Dave, on that note, I would actually mention one of the things that we do with our clients is actually ask them to track their habits. So yeah. like in the app that we that every client has access to, you're able to track your habits so you can track your steps. You, we, actually, we can actually set up any habit that we choose for a particular client or for all the clients. But the three that we would use is, are you tracking your food? Are you tracking your steps? So do you have a, a count, count of your steps? The other big one then would be your hydration. Are you tracking your water? So I think those three habits are really, really important. And I think when the clients actually see day to day their what their output is on those and they're ticking them off, it just makes them so mindful. And your habits seem so small in the time, but it's whenever they kind of like accumulate over the week, over the month, it's that process that actually helps you get to your end goal. The last one I would add to that as well is the more ways that you can judge your progress, the better. Because the people who just judge their progress on the scale are 100% the people that give up the quickest. They will, they will phase in, phase out, because it's something that you are not in control of and it's something that is bound to not give you the result that you want most of the time. Like you might get 20, 30% of the time you jump on the scale and you see what you want to see. 80% of the time you jump on it and you're not going to get the answer that you want. When you're playing with that sort of success rate, why the fuck would you want to continue? Like if that's solely what you're judging the progress on, like it's going to be a pretty fucking demoralizing journey. So if you are judging yourself on the scale, use that as one part of the process and understand that the scale is best used over long terms. Over the course of a week, judging yourself on the scale is fucking ridiculous. But over the course of a month, yes, that's where we can look at the scale from the start of the month to the end of the month and see a downward trend. But over the course of that month, you will have little dips where you go up and down and it's it's pointless just looking at a week, essentially. So if the scale's not showing you what you want to see, you might think, right, let me look at my measurements. Let me look at my progress pictures. 
let me check in with how I'm actually feeling in my clothes. Are, they, are my clothes fitting better? Like the more areas that you have to judge progress, the the more chance that you will stay on track because if one area isn't showing you what you want to see, the, the more chance you've got another area that's going to back it up and be like, yeah, okay, you are actually making some progress here. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. I think even when I had like 160 pounds to lose, I didn't just look at it from a scale point of view. Like I actually really looked a lot more at what kind of movement am I doing each day? I actually was like, right. I, I mean, I wouldn't walk from the fridge to the sofa. That was like my walk every day. So, you know, for me, just adding in more movement was a big one. Kind of get a lunchtime walking, you know, kind of drink more water. Those were the kind of things that I judged progress on as well as, as, you know, am I losing weight over the, over the course of a month? So I think don't put all your eggs in the scale basket because you're going to set yourself up to be, as you said, absolutely fucking miserable. The more progress markers you can have, the better. Let me take it right back to the start then. The secret to not giving up. I think to be successful in most things nowadays, you don't have to be incredibly smart, talented, gifted. I think the truth is you just need the ability to keep going when others will give up. And I think now more than ever, that podcast stat is coming in true. What we on episode 17 now? Let me go yeah. back and tell you all the stat just in case you forgot. 90% of podcasts don't make it past episode three. Of the 10% that do, 90% of those don't make it past episode 20. So essentially, if you want to be in the top one percentile of podcasters, all you've got to do is stick with it for 21 episodes. And that is so true for your fitness goals as well. So true. Because for you to get where you want to be, essentially, you need to not give up. And you need to continue. There will be periods of time where you don't go in the right direction. There'll be periods of time where you don't lose body fat at all. But the number one thing that will stop you getting where you want to be is giving up. So to get ahead of 90% of other people that fail, you've just got to keep going. Whenever you're going through a tough time and you feel like giving up, remind yourself that this is where most people stop. And that's why they don't succeed. You are not most people. If you are persistent with something, if you are willing to be relentless and continue working hard, even when it's not going your way, even when it's tough, that is the quality you need to get where you want to go. Yeah. Like, it, it's kind of funny. Like, I know I kind of bring it back to when I lost weight, but I think it's because so, so many women especially can kind of relate to like looking at that weight loss and going, whoa, how am I going to do this? But whenever yeah. people ask me, Grace, how do you lose like eight plus stone? Like, they're looking for this magic thing. As you said, like it doesn't it doesn't take a really smart person to lose weight. It actually just takes someone to be very consistent, you know, and it, I didn't do anything magical, you know, it didn't take a fucking magic pill. There, you know, there there was no unicorn feeding me weight loss pills at the end of a rainbow. Like it, it was just doing these habits, it was just being very consistent. It was being very determined. It was when the scales didn't go down for a few weeks, not giving up. It was when I had a bad training day or I had a bad, a bad, you know, higher calorie food day, not just going, fuck it. Like it, it was just being consistent, being determined and knowing that the short-term sacrifices are worth the long-term gain. So I think be prepared that it will take work. It is not, it's not supposed to be really easy. You're supposed to learn something from it. Yeah. I think coaching became completely different in my head when I realized that my, my job is essentially 
keeping clients engaged in the process for long enough to see the results that they want. Yeah. It's not about a magic meal plan. It's not about a secret recipe of foods. It's not, it's not the training plan. It's not the supplements. What really does matter is how long you can stay engaged with the process. And if you can stay engaged with the process long enough, if it's enjoyable enough, it's, if it's sustainable enough, you will get the results that you want as long as you're not being a complete fucking idiot with what you're doing. I, that, that's where I was going to lead down to sort of what, what I think is the secret to not giving up is support. I, I yeah. genuinely believe that the majority of people that are struggling with fat loss and every previous attempt that they've had is by themselves the likelihood that that is the issue that you've tried it by yourself and and people need to sometimes stop being so proud and and believing that i should be able to do this alone and and reaching out for help and getting support with something is not a weakness it's a smart move so you might not have been doing anything wrong but you might just need support and reassurance to stay consistently on the right path yeah, I, I think that's major because, I mean, how how many clients have we coached and that we coach at the minute where we are their main source of support? Maybe their partner's not supportive, their friends, family are not that understanding. And if it, if they were just by themselves trying this process, they, they wouldn't stick at it because they don't have the right support pillars. We become those support pillars. You know, we're able to zoom out on a day where all you see is the negative. We're able to zoom out and actually so show you some positives. And I think certainly if I had had that whenever I was losing the weight, because I just did it myself, it would have made the process a lot easier and a lot more fun. Um, and I wouldn't have had to go through all the kind of trials and tribulations and make all the mistakes that I did. So I think the support is massive. And I think it's from coaches as well that, genuinely understand people have busy lives you get a lot of coaches that are like right get your ass in the gym for two hours a day you know eat your chicken and broccoli and your rice and that's that's it you know that they've no understanding of real life for people for your everyday person and you know we do yeah. we try and make it as balanced as possible we give you as much flexibility as possible we're real we're not going to sugarcoat things and that is massive for people that don't have a lot of accountability or a lot of support in their everyday lives. Yeah. Yeah. I, what you've just said there about the majority of coaches, just not understanding real life for a lot of people is, is fucking huge. And I probably had an element of that when I was younger, but it's probably something that a lot of young coaches go through. A lot of young coaches get into fitness because fitness is what they're really interested in. Maybe they've done sports all the life growing up. They're just a fitness fanatic. And that's why they think, oh, I'll get into fitness and I'll make it my job. But the thing is with that is you don't really empathize with people that are not into fitness, <laughs> like people yeah. that are not fitness fanatics. You've got to have that level of understanding with the mother who is doing a full-time job. She's got two kids and her day is absolutely slammed with responsibilities that don't involve her own self-care and I think you've got to understand how to coach that person and I think that's what we do a really good job of um but on the subject of support support can come in so many different forms yeah it's not just sorry Grace my dad's just slipped me a note what would you like from the fish and chip shop 
There is keeping it real at its very best. <laughs> Could I have fish and chips with a sausage and curry sauce, please? Thank I love it. I love a cheeseburger, <laughs> cheeseburger, uh, dad, and uh, garlic chip. Thank you very much. I can't, I can't continue talking when he slivers <laughs> in the room and just slides me a notepad with the words, What would you like from the fish and chip shop? <laughs> that has to stay in the podcast because that's as real as it gets you know we're not uh, eating uh, rice and broccoli all the time <laughs> fucking hell oh where was we where was we i was uh, gonna say yeah support comes in many different forms it will not always be an arm round shoulder come on you can do this you're better than this sometimes the support will be a kick up the ass and a firm yeah. word because that is sometimes what clients need so just so you know, guys, it's not going to be all sunshine and rainbows if you join our coaching. If you don't put in the effort, we're going to fucking tell you and we'll give you that kick up the ass. But I think that's the sign of any good coach. You've got to play many different roles. Sometimes you can be a friend. Sometimes you've got to play the good cop and the bad cop. Um, and I think that's kind of that sometimes works with having both of us. Do you know what I mean? We can yeah. play different roles, can't we? Yeah. And I think... Is support as well is not just kind of like as you've said that accountability or you're doing a great job or you know you need that kick up the ass i think support as well when it comes to kind of you looking after yourself and that is i'm talking more like your mindset your mental health you know mm. we we are not qualified therapists neither of us have mental health qualifications but you know we know how to support someone when they are struggling when it comes to kind of their mood and how they're feeling and we have quite a few clients that they don't necessarily have that support in their everyday life, whether they feel they can't confide in family and friends for whatever reason that may be. Just having two people that are willing to listen and are interested in you and can give you some advice as to how to navigate that situation. We coach you from a lot of different angles. And I think, as you said, that's the sign of a good coach. The nutrition and the movement is like the bare minimum that we do. It's everything else that we give on top of that. That's kind of where the gold is. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, and to be honest, we don't need to be qualified in mental health to give someone the right advice. I think sometimes yeah. the right advice is so glaringly simple to someone that is not in your shoes. That's why people say like, what would your best friend say to you in this scenario? That's a really good way to just sort of reframe any struggle that you're in. Because when you're in the middle of it and your head is scrambled, you, you never pick the simple answer. And, and more than likely, anybody who is your friend would give you the right, the right answer to sort of how to handle this situation. And, and we just play the friend in that scenario. You don't need to have a qualification. And even more important when people are not just unsupported, but noticeably brought down by people yeah. around them. And you see that so often, like yeah. people's social circles, the friends are unsupportive. The friends will literally go out of their way to make someone feel negative about the changes that they're trying to make in their life. And I've got a certain client in my head right now where when they came to us, they literally said, like, I, I feel a bit lost because none of my friends support me in, in what I'm going through. Like yeah. She had a poor relationship with food. She had a poor relationship with alcohol. And she would just go out and her friends would, like, force her to do, like, 
that's not a friend. That's not mm-hmm. a friend that forces you to do stuff just because it's the fun thing to do. And, and I think we, we have as well, Dave, like a lot of women that are like people pleasers and they're all of a sudden going, hang on, I'm actually able to say no. I'm able to say no and stand up for myself and, and have, you know, have a bit more confidence in myself to be able to put myself first instead of saying yes to everybody. And then you end up bottom of the pile, you know, and you're miserable. You feel crap in yourself. You've no energy. You're stretched thin. You're going, actually, no, I can't do that this evening because I'm going to go for a walk. No, I can't pick that person up because that's my only time to go to the gym this week. And I think that's a skill that a lot of the team, a lot of the members learn as they go through as well, that prioritizing yourself and saying no is actually really important for your for your health. Yeah. And I think that's the importance of being in a community as well. When the right behavior is the normal behavior within your community, it yeah. becomes a lot easier to make that behavior the norm for you. And I think when when you're in your everyday life and everyone around you doesn't give a shit about fitness, everyone around you doesn't give a shit about their self-care, their health, their exercise. Like it's harder to prioritize those things when everyone else around you doesn't give a fuck about them. It's like somebody's constantly dragging you back. And then you jump into our community where everyone's prioritizing the health, everyone's getting out on the walks, everyone's tracking, everyone's motivating each other. And people are like, shit, like this feels different now. Yeah, I think that the community is like, it, it, it's something that we, we can't value high enough, you know, because, you know, yes, we are two coaches, but, you know, we have so many members in the community that are willing to give up their time for support, advice, tips, recipes, you know, like we have a few, quite a few ladies that have now got walking pads because one of the girls was like, right, I've got this walking pad that's brilliant and it didn't cost a massive amount of money. And everybody's like, right, I, I'm going to get one, you know, and like all of a sudden they're doing steps in their home, you know, and their kids are seeing this, their partner seeing this and they're setting such a wholesome example. And little things like that, you can go from, you know, being a family that spends the entire evening Netflix into a family that goes out for a walk or a family that kind of does something more active together. And it's because that seems much more normal. That's a part of your routine because you've got all these other people in the community doing the same thing. And that's Mm -hmm. massive. You're in such a positive group of people that are all working to be the their, their best selves and you want to really be a part of that huge so we've talked a bit a lot about support here and i think for me and i know that you probably agree with that the secret to not giving up in my eyes is support but another part of that is i would say the reassurance i think we have a lot of clients that come to us with years and years of thinking the wrong things, a poor mindset, a poor attitude, a bad relationship with food. And at the start of this journey, I always say to people in the first few weeks of this journey, it's not about the results. It's not about how much weight you lose in the first few weeks. The first few weeks are about setting you up for success mentally, habitually, building the sort of path that we need to go down. It's not about results in the first few weeks. It's about setting yourself up in a rhythm to get those results. And essentially for, for you to change the way you live, you need to change the way that you think. And that is where reassurance comes in massively. Let's say for example, a client thinks that carbs makes them fat. Me just saying to that client once, 
listen, carbs don't make you fat. It's not just going to fucking suddenly hit her and be like, oh, amazing. My fear of carbs is gone. Suddenly, because you've told me once, carbs don't make you fat. It's not how it works. But for you to change your mindset towards these things, you need repetition and you need reassurance over time. And I think that's exactly what we've got to do as coaches. Like people say to me, do you ever get sick of like repeating the same thing like week after week, year after year? And it's like, I couldn't be a coach if <laughs> like that is part yeah. of what we do. You've got to repeat the same things because clients need that reassurance that this is this, you're doing it right. You're doing okay. You can eat this. This is how we want you to think. And to change the way somebody thinks, it does take time, repetition, reassurance. And then over time, they start to believe it. And that's when they change the mindset. Yeah, I think how, if you think about how many kind of like check-ins we've done where we've given feedback to a client and we've given them reassurance, right? You're actually ticking all the boxes. Your habits are on point. We're in the, we're in the right spot when it comes to your calories. Your steps are looking good. You're doing everything that we're asking you to do. And all of a sudden we get, you know, the feedback back from, oh, guys, that's brilliant. All I really needed was just like a bit of reassurance. Like, I don't know how many times I've seen that sentence, you know, yeah. over, over the months. I really needed to hear that, guys. Yeah. I really needed to hear that. Yeah. yeah. It, it, that's, that's massive. And like, all literally, they knew it in their heads. So they actually knew, right, I actually am doing everything that, um, that, that I know will actually help me to get to my goal. But they start to kind of second guess themselves. And then all it takes is for us to go look at all the data, look at what their check-in says and go, yeah, you're you're doing everything spot on and you're going to see the results from doing this consistently. And we get back, guys, that's brilliant. All I needed was that reassurance. I honestly think that a lot of our job is stopping clients from changing things when they're actually doing something right <laughs> and I think yeah. that's where the reassurance comes in because that reassurance is the difference between a client slashing the calories because they think it's not working after one week of being in a deficit like that reassurance is it's the difference between somebody mentally checking out when the scale hasn't moved for two weeks and we've just got to say to them look just because the scale hasn't moved in two weeks does not mean that you are not losing body fat weight loss and fat loss are not synonymous. There's the reassurance, just needed to hear that, Dave, thank you. Like someone blaming the self that like when they can't control their appetite when they're due on the period. And we can just say, look, your appetite is gonna flare up the week before you're due on your period. That's when you should be allowing yourself a little bit of extra calories because it's this phase of your cycle and your appetite is gonna increase. But your how many calories you actually burn in a day also increases as well. So you can allow yourself an extra 300 calories and people are like, oh, perfect. That's, it's huge, isn't it? When you give someone yeah. that reassurance and they're like, oh my God, yeah, yeah, that's what I needed to hear. It's it's a game changer, isn't it? So we've, we've talked quite a bit about sort of a perceived lack of results. I think that's the... I had two main reasons why people give up on their own fitness goals. And it's number one was a perceived lack of results, which leads to a lack of motivation and then a lack of effort. We've talked about that perceived lack of results. The other main one for me was when they make the process restrictive or unenjoyable. That for me is the number one reason why people give up. The process is too restrictive or unenjoyable. And I think so many people come into their fitness journey 
thinking it should be restrictive, it should feel difficult. And again, I think part of this comes from fucking bodybuilding when they don't shut up about another day in the dungeon, another day grinding, and they make it sound like they're fucking going to war every day. And it's like, fuck me, chill out. You're going to the gym. You're not (laughs) going on the front line of a fucking war zone. You're off to lift some weights. Shut up and just do it. You go into the gym, you can make it enjoyable. Your diet doesn't have to feel restrictive. It can feel empowering. It can feel like essentially all we're doing is creating a fucking slight deficit and getting you moving more. So I wanted to touch on a few things, how to make the process sustainable, how to make the process enjoyable, or how to sort of not make the process restrictive and unenjoyable. Um, so have you got anything that you would touch on there, sort of do's or don'ts? I think probably the first place to go to is like with the movement. Because I think when people want to get healthier, they're like, oh, I should go running. I don't know why everybody thinks that. But like, um, <laughs> like I'm having to run for high rocks and it's not, I can tell you, it's not massively enjoyable. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> the, the chances of me like becoming a runner are slim to none. Um, you know, so find find movement that you actually enjoy doing. Like it, it can be anything. Yes, we want you to do some strength training, but also find other movement that you like to do. For some girls that we coach, it's like pole dancing. You know, other girls they love to swim. Could be like myself, I love cycling. Find a, find the joy in the sport or the movement that you're doing. It might be a spin class with a friend. It might be going to boxer size. It might be Pilates. You know, if you hear running, well, like, don't fucking run. Like, find, find movement that you like to do. Because guess what? If you like to do something, you're probably going to do it regularly. And people overthink this massively. Like, the amount yeah. of questions I've had where people ask, like, what... What is the difference between swimming and and walking? And and is it the same as if I walk on a treadmill or play a sport? Like what if I what if I play tennis? Is that the same? It's movement. Yeah. It's just fucking movement. Don't overthink it. It doesn't matter if swimming will burn slightly more calories than fucking tennis like that's not the point. You just find something you enjoy doing and because you enjoy doing it you will do more of it. And that will equate to tipping that energy balance of I'm burning more calories today. And the more things that you can do that burn calories and essentially are exercise without you thinking, I'm going to do exercise, the better. If you're playing a sport or you're going to play fucking tennis with a friend and you just enjoy it, that's amazing. You need to do more of that. That will be one of the things that keeps you a fit, healthy person and puts you above everyone else. Another, I'll go through some of the the do's. Um, finding an ex, finding exercise that you enjoy is absolutely huge. So that's a big one. Another one I would say is people putting their life on hold to lose weight. Yeah, like people. Gen, I'm not. I'm not going out for the next six weeks. I'm not drinking. No chocolate for the next six weeks. I need to lose weight. Like. As soon as I hear people say that, you're going to fail. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to fail. So I'll, I'll, I'm going to reel off some just don'ts. When it comes to making the process restrictive or unenjoyable, don't drop your calories too low. Don't cut out foods you enjoy. Don't put your life on hold to lose weight. Don't make all your meals boring as fuck. <laughs> don't do exercise that you hate. We've already touched on that one. And I've also written a list of do's. 
surround yourself with a positive community, give yourself a range of calories to work between instead of a set amount. Follow the 80-20 rule with your diet, live your life to, to the fullest. It's kind of the opposite of don't put your life on hold to lose weight. Live mm -hmm. your life to the fullest. Never fucking say, I can't do that, I'm on a diet. Those words can fuck off. You can do whatever you want just because you're on a diet. All right. It's about being mindful. It's about moderation, but there's nothing that you should say no to because you are trying to lose body fat. You can do what you want. Last ones, change your perception, your perception of a fuck up. I think that is huge. Yeah. If what, what you class as a fuck up with your diet will massively determine when you guilt trip yourself and when you convince yourself that this is not working and I should give up. If you consider it a fuck up that you miss a workout, <laughs> like what are, what are the, you're going to miss workouts. It's inevitable. If you consider it a fuck up that you have a takeaway, inevitable, you're going to have a takeaway. If you consider it a fuck up that you go over your fat loss calories, you're going to fuck up a hell of a lot. You're going to convince yourself this is not working. So you've got to change your perception of what you consider a fuck up. Any more that you would put on that list? No, I think that's like a really thorough kind of coverage of like the do's and the don'ts. And I think that's kind of what we would coach on a daily basis. They they will seem simple, but that's the thing. Yeah. They are relatively simple. It's actually just implementing them, you know, and doing that consistently. And there's where, you know, a coach comes in very, very handy. Um, So I think, you know, if you're listening to this, you obviously know where to come. Agreed. And I think we'll finish it up there with a note of January is going to be a really busy time for us. Mm -hmm. I am sort of taking reservations for people that want to start in January now. So if you're listening to this thinking, I want to, I want to take this shit seriously next year. I want to make sure this happens. And obviously after listening to this podcast, I should hope that you understand that having some support on this journey is absolutely fucking crucial. Um, and if you want that support, our door is wide open. Drop us a message on Instagram or you can fill out an application form in my bio. But just get in touch with us. Get in touch with us. Um, and again, thank you for joining us, Grace. It's been an absolute pleasure. Episode 17 ticked off and we will uh, we'll be back. I don't know if we'll do one next week. What do you think, Grace? Yeah, let's not break the dock. Let's get one out. Yeah, I reckon it'd be nice to do a Christmas Christmas edition. Yeah. Let's do That's it. Right. Episode 18. Episode 18 next week. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for joining us, Grace. Goodbye, all. Bye.